Brenda Johnson and Paul Vallis have squared off in the mayoral debate for the 2023 campaign, the main event. And of course, they took shots at each other with Johnson taking heavy shots and Paul Vallis trying to play uh, defense. How did the people see it who were closest to it? And the, the closest person to the debate was Marianne Ahern of NBC5 Chicago, who was the moderator and did a great job, although there were people who were trying to hammer her in the shadows like they always do. So we're going to talk to Marianne Ahern today about the Chicago Way and the race for mayor. Joining us, as always, Jeff Carlin, producer at WGN Radio, future physics teacher, my good friend, master of pies, friend of cats. And I'm John Cass, editor-in-chief of johncassnews.com. Your place for common sense. And where are you? On the broken cobblestones of the Chicago Way? You're on the Chicago Way podcast on WGN+. Plus. So this is a guy who lives high on the hog and he has this Tammany Hall style attitude to power. And um, it is, it's the Chicago Way, absolutely. Look, the, the Chicago Way is a deep cultural phenomenon. It's the Chicago Way. The Chicago Way. That's the focus. In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand, defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river. Castle. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. You know, there's one thing that you can't avoid when you're a journalist and a moderator is that all sorts of people will try to pressure you and trick you or tease you or bait you into saying something that they can use to knock down your coverage. Now, most people who are trying to do this, it's an impossibly difficult job. And Marianne Ahern, our guest on the Chicago Way today, uh, did a exceptionally professional job as the moderator of NBC Chicago, NBC5 Chicago's debate coverage between Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson. And I just wanted to tip my hat to you, Marianne, and Jeff Carlin is here with me to talk to you about this. And How difficult is it to, to approach this when all these people around are trying to accuse you of everything? And, you know, they're, they're, they're saying, oh, is she going to be like Candy Crowley or is she, she going to be like John Cass? Is she going to be like John Cass? Oh, my God, you know. I John, know. Clutch your purse. You know, I know. Clutch them. Oh my, it is, it's an awesome responsibility. And, um, and of course this wasn't, I wasn't alone in crafting the questions or in, in the order of the questions. There was a, a small group of us and we tried to make sure that, uh, you know, it was a diverse group, young, old, people who've been in the city, some who had just moved to the city within the last year. You know, so it wasn't just, uh, the old standbys giving, you know, they're the same old, same old. And, right. uh, we went over the questions, uh, the phrasing of them, 
what order they should be. And we added a question at 4.30 in the afternoon. You know, we, we looked at them again and said, what are we missing? What are we missing? And, uh, you know, I had to spare 10 questions because, you know, you just <laughs> never want to be out there without in live television. What if they went through them faster than what we thought they would go through? So, uh, yeah, you know, it, there's it, 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 if you decide that you want to be and I don't feel like, I, you know, I'm not an elected official, thank goodness. <laughs> but if you're in the public eye, then you have to take the criticism that comes with it. And you can't live in a silo. But sometimes it is very hurtful. And so, yeah, I'm a person like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, um, the stuff that hurts obviously hurts when people are super critical of me personally. That That is more, you know, you can criticize uh, my the way I asked it or whatever, but the personal stuff is, of course, hurtful. I, I can't not say it isn't, yeah. Or people bringing your family into it yeah. or people trying to attack you. You know, we had, I had one guy and we have, we have an enemy in common <laughs> because this is a, a Elsie Hagenbottom uh, political activist, or at least he was paid by Elsie Hagenbottom when Elsie ran the reader. Uh, this guy, this guy uh, jumped on the Tribune's expose of, of our house here in Northwest Indiana with with its sumptuous wood floors, <laughs> and, and, and he decided he was he was tweeting, "I'm going to come out to uh, Cass's house. I'm riding out." And I was thinking, "Okay, come on, you know, knock on the door. You know, I might have something for you." And, right. Uh, you know whether uh, whether or not I have had family members who are in law enforcement or are in law enforcement, um, uh, whether or not I'm Catholic. Whether or not I'm a grandmother, you know, I mean, let's like, let's go through the list. Does that mean that I am then biased and unable to ask questions? I think that's really short sighted. And um, thank goodness I have the backup of my uh, producers and others who um, carefully look at my work and carefully, you know, make sure that if there might be a bias, Hey, we're all biased, aren't we? I mean, let's let's face it. So, um, no, I'm not perfect, but I do my best to stay in my lane as a reporter. And that's, I mean, that's, it's, that's the amazing thing is you're upfront about it. You're not, these are things that are like lurking and hiding in the shadows. You know, you are who you are. And it just, just happens to be that this is your profession. And again, with John, a hat tip to you, because I couldn't take the criticism. I, I, you know, I would be up all night reading everything that was written about me and, and be just sweating bullets the whole time. I know you can't because it doesn't work. Yeah. It drives you nuts. Yeah, you, yeah it does. It well, does. But speaking of speaking of the, the debate, what was your you know big picture takeaway from both candidates? Not necessarily on the specifics of what they were saying, but just how they were in in the moment in reacting as three people in a room, you know, to trying to suss out where everybody stood on things. Uh, I did think that um, both, you know, I, I felt like if you want, if you liked either of them beforehand, you still liked them. You know, I mean, I, I think if you came and you were a Vallis supporter, you felt he did a good job. And if you were a Johnson supporter, you thought that too. Now, what about those who are still looking? And thinking about it and and wondering how did they answer the questions and how did they have did they have meat in their response? 
And I would say, and, and I know people are going to say, oh, of course, she's a pro Vallis. I thought he had more uh, examples, more meat in his response. I did think that Johnson needs, if he <clears throat> wants to win over those who are still looking and maybe considering him, he's got to say more than we're going to raise revenues. Well, what revenues? You've just attacked your opponent that you think he's raising property taxes. So what are your revenues? Maybe if you tax, if you tax people on how many times they would come up with racial, racial rhetoric, then we would have our revenue problem solved already. I mean, I don't understand what, what he thought he was going to accomplish because I think he, he hurt himself. You know, he's passionate. He's good-looking. He's got a lot of things going for him. What he doesn't have going for him is a history of expertise, and I think that's what was evident in the debate. And you you kept asking for specifics, and he kept coming back with Vallis is what white Vallis is uh I don't know what what he was saying after a while it was just so much so much you know even even the the last one of the last questions you know what are you going to do day one which we felt yeah. like was sort of their sure. closer you know we told them no opening and no closing because those are just you know right. everybody goes let's get up and leave the room <laughs> and, and I said but the last I did say to them the last question will be a chance that will sort of be your chance to wrap it up <clears throat> so to say what are you going to do day one tell me one or two things day one well Dallas you know I'm going to ha- hire my police team and I'm going to da 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 and uh, Johnson's was I'm going to hire more youth. Yeah, I thought yeah. there was a glaring difference <laughs> between the two, you know, and, and I even said, and, and what else? Well, I just told you, I'm going to hire more youth. So I, I, it's that kind of that I, I, that showed that, yes, he hasn't been on the debate stage to be able to have mm. a stronger, to me, that was not a strong answer. Not ready for prime time. There you but, go. But, you know, he does have, look, he does have talent. And uh, and uh, I just hope, for his sake and the sake of the city, that he can hone this and sharpen it. You know, as the day as the years go on. I right, don't... right. May, you know, is he go- if it, should he win? Would he be more of a uh, caretaker? You know, would he be have to have a very strong chief of staff and strong manager type? You know, mm-hmm. more than the hands on. That's, well, that's of course he will. He'll have Tony Preckwinkle, <laughs> and his and his uh, Tony Preckwinkle will be or, organizing his go- govern government. I mean, I know you didn't bring that up, but and I'm not criticizing you for it. But isn't that the case? May, maybe I'm wrong here, Jeff and Marianne. Mm-hmm. Well, she is definitely she's definitely a supporter. Well, and and just now before we got on, I saw Senator Elizabeth Warren is going to support him. Our own senators are staying away from the race. The governor's staying away from the race. Um, yeah. What does that tell you? Yeah. Well, well, uh, I mean, John, to your point, I mean, you you're, and you both have kind of made this point that, you know, the city is, is coming off of four tough years for all sorts of reasons. And we had a mayor who came in with a lot of ideals and, and was promising to reform lots of great things, you know, yeah, but couldn't run, couldn't run. Yeah, uh, sure. We, we ran into a buzzsaw in various, various, many different places. 
and it and the city's at at a very at a low point in its history, uh, economically speaking, violence speaking. I mean, these are not great times for the city as much as we'd like to believe. So, and so we, you know, if we want to be progressive and we want to be, you know, forward thinking, that's great. But you got to manage the house that's on fire before you can start building an addition, right? And that's where I think you know we run into a Brandon Johnson who's going to run that same rope. I mean, we are we looked at Lori Lightfoot. He's like Lori Lightfoot 2.0 in that he's prom- promising all these great things that would be utopian in nature. But at the end of the day, there's no structure underneath it to get us there. And I wonder, you know, is that going to be enough of of a you know difference between them for people to really figure out what do they want? They want the city to to be built on hopes and dreams or they want it to be built on a foundation that can get us to hopes and dreams. And I don't know if, if we're going to see that really cut down the middle and shown to people for what it is, in my opinion, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be turnout and obviously I, um, the CTU, it isn't just the money that they've given. They've got boots on the ground, mm-hmm. you know, yes. I noticed, I've noticed last night that uh, whoever ran the team, the opposing uh, group that ran against Stacey Davis Skates, uh, has put out a, a message saying we're all in. You know, we might not agree um, with the uh, with that group when we fought for our union election, but we're all in on Brandon Johnson. And so, there don't dismiss that he cannot win. You know, he might be. Lagging yes. in the polls, but there's a good 20, 24% out there who are undecided that will just will make the difference in this. And um, it's, it's about, you're right, it's about the vision. It's about how, where do you see the city headed? Who do you want in the driver's seat of that vision? The, uh, what, what fascinates me is that uh, people who don't understand politics in Chicago tend to say, oh, well, Paul Vallis is a white guy, so he's part of the machine. The machine now, and for those who don't understand it, uh, let me take you to school. The machine is now the Chicago Teachers Union, the SEIU, all the political government unions. That's the political machine that can dictate uh, candidates, that can dictate slates that can elect judges that can retain or unretained judges i mean that's it now and uh so it's interesting why i don't know why we do this but maybe it's like reverse racism or racism that we think a white guy is the machine guy and the black progressive guy is not the machine guy when uh we the evidence hits you right in the face I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I mean, the racial the racial politics is certainly you know part of the conversation and a big part of what Ren Johnson throws out there is his his knocks on Vallis. But you know, Vallis is not without his faults. Miriam, you've seen Vallis, known him for a long time, and not known him, but you know, he's been in in the picture in Chicago for decades now. How have you? How do you see? You know, he's he's got shortcomings. You know, he's got problems that he's got to overcome. What do you see as some of his hurdles as a message bringer to to get out there that he might have to tackle? His his team has done a way 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 better job, and and, sure. and John has I've seen it too this time around. I mean, his messaging he's uh, he, he as we all know he tends to tell us way too much. Yeah, you know yeah. we we we're looking for fifteen seconds, and he tells us a minute thirty. 
Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and, and they've done a way better job uh, of bringing that message to a, to a shorter conclusion. <laughs> We're all a little bit ADD, you know, on to the next thing. Um, but yes, he, you know, whether you, you see him and think, okay, you've had all these different jobs, but you didn't win any office that you ran for before. What was it? Why didn't you connect? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was at his headquarters when he ran against Blago. At uh, the Greek church up on uh, Sheridan Road there at Hollywood. Yes, the St. Music Andrew. Was, yeah. Yes, the music was going. The, you know, it's, oh, my goodness. There was quite a party till about 9.55. And then it all <laughs> went down because uh, the, the downstate vote came in that didn't help him. But uh, it, it is messaging, and it is making sure that the, these questions, the constant questions of women, abortion, are you a Republican? Some of those do resonate with people who don't know him. Have You know, he can talk to about us about John Clark Netsch, but no one, a lot sure. of people don't remember her. You know, ask a room of 20 people and you might find one or two. You know, you got to find some more relevant people to set, to vouch for you and say, he's he, he will be more of a centrist. He is not you know, on either side. And that's what really will get them elected, I think. You know, I think one of the problems here for me is that I wanted, I could see Elizabeth Warren coming in. I I see all these, you know, like I can't wait till Sheila Weingarten comes in and screams again. Um, but sooner or later, it's a, it's a national story, a national election. And this is a time for Paul Vallis to become a national mayor. Chicago's national mayor, but they don't want that. They don't want that. And they're trying to limit, as you said, they're trying to uh, low key it and not make it uh, a referendum on these big issues that I think are important, like school choice, like all that. They, they, they want to Joe Trippy is cautious. And, uh, and I think he's going to, uh, they, I think they think they have the poll numbers to to squeak in without, you know, without without much problem. But I I'm with you in the concern, not con- concerned because I want Paul to win because I think he's better for the city. But that's just me. But my concern is that uh, what you brought up. Don't mistake that the thousands of foot soldiers where the SEIU and the Chicago Teachers Union will be out there for Brendan Johnson pulling votes out of every neighborhood. That's what I'm thinking. And uh, Yes. You know. Yes. I, you know, it's a classic fight. And uh, I do find it interesting, uh, at least from what I've read, as not as if I have any big White House intel, but uh, that the White House is watching this so closely because they know that crime and public safety isn't just a Chicago issue, that right. it is such an issue in major cities. Philadelphia's uh, mayoral life is uh, facing same questions. They're watching what's going on here very closely. And so, um, yeah, they're, they're trying to keep a hands off and not be too involved because they know that this is just um, – a national uh, we the we're watching to see what happens in chicago which way will it go 
and how does the city rebound from a very tough four years? If it comes, uh, if if the left uh, play, pulls Atlanta on Chicago, um, let, let's hope they do it with uh, a week, to, you know, maybe more than a week to go in the campaign because uh, there has to be a response. But I, 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 I'm concerned that uh, the concern about low-keying this and not not pushing it, not wanting a bare-knuckle. I'm, I'm of the neighborhood that says, get up off the floor and kick the, and see the other guy in the alley and he's on the ground, kick him in the teeth. That's my belief. But I guess politics has changed now, Marianne. You know, yeah, yeah, it is. They they have to. Everyone has to tread very uh, like a balance beam here. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. I do see. Did you notice the city council is apparently already trying to uh, form decide on their own who will be the chairman of various committees? Ah. Uh, they yeah, uh, not waiting to see who is elected, and we'll see if it works. But uh, and and Vallis has said, and I would think Johnson might agree as well. He Vallis has said he would like to see more of a co-equal branch. Uh, so if the if the council uh, shows some of their weight, and you know the council's very divided as well, they should drop the whole socialist thing and just figure out what the what what is the best thing for the city of Chicago, like. For example, should the council have, uh, and Vallis has mentioned this, and I think Mr. Johnson is also, should the city council have its own um, own investigative arm, like its own budgetary inspector? Right, right. You know, those right. these things are important for for independence. I, I think that's important. Well, yeah, and preserving democracy. I mean, that's one of the things, <laughs> you know, it, yeah, that, that the idea that these, and we've talked about this with plenty of people, you know, Joe Ferguson was here a few weeks ago talking about the idea that, you know, the mayor comes in and, and essentially gets anything they can, can, can get through committee because they appoint the leaders of these committees, such as possibly bringing NASCAR downtown. Oh yeah. And then having <laughs> the taste of Chicago the same weekend, but just off to the side a little and thinking that's going to be a good idea. I mean, these are the things that get pushed through the, like the casino deal, which is a whole bag. of. Oh you know, my goodness. I just can't, it's just mind blowing. I can't believe that this NASCAR is going to happen mm-hmm. and the casino of where, I mean, both of them. Oh, I know. Is, can they cancel the NASCAR thing? I mean, to me, no. it's kind of, Stupid! I don't think it, the, the yeah, city's on the hook for too much enough. money. It, yeah, it, and I think it's a two, at least a two-year deal. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, what do we have? We all have to get off the corner. Pretty much. Yeah. I believe the the last the thing I saw was that between the middle of May through August, uh, the, the Grant Park is essentially unusable by the general public because it'll be shut down for setup or takedown of some various event, one or another, or other. And, and then you go yeah. into Lollapalooza, and right, geez, that's just stupid. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. And it's it's those types of things where you railroad something through, and and that the you know mayor has too much power and consolidation. And then there's no there there if you want to say, well, wait a minute, uh, can we look at this? Uh, no, it just gets pushed through. And those are the things that worry me. With someone you know like a, a Johnson that's is very progressive and wants to push things you know forward and forward and forward without. You know, keeping things on the track in the first place, 
but we'll see. I mean, the national stuff is going to be a big, big, big wild card in this race. Um, but obviously, as John Cass says, all things, all politics is local. Um, and speaking That's of which, Mar- Tip O'Neill said, <laughs> you know, yeah. all that too, but you always say it to me. <laughs> Marion, I'd love to get what's your give me a John Cast story. I always ask anybody who've, who've known John oh for a while, worked around with him. What, <laughs> you got you got anything from a few years back you can throw at me? Oh maybe my I'll, god! I'll I mean, what was the deal? I mean, Daly just did not like you very much, did he? Dan? You know, it was <laughs> it was. Uh, let, let I got Hooli. Mike Hoolihan is writing a piece for the weekend on St. Patrick's Day. I haven't read it yet. Oh my god! I don't. I don't know if I don't know if Hooli's get going into the whole St. Patrick's Day Queen business. <laughs> but, but that was oh a crazy my goodness. story. That was so crazy. You say you say what you did. The, the gal that was chosen. <laughs> oh yeah, the 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 girl was chosen. She was Italian. She was beautiful. Her mommy was a cop, a narcotics cop fighting. Uh, narcotics between nine and five and took the car home every day and uh didn't want to get involved with the mayor and all i said was if you call if you said who's the dago which i we're all adults you know he i know he didn't say it in a negative way he's kind of saying in a joking street way take her out to bruna's and have uh have uh order in italian but they started screaming that uh, that they wanted me fired, and they they did it every day. Like yeah. Rich would have a news conference, morning news and night, and you covered them. Everybody covered them. It was just yeah. insane. Oh you know? my goodness, that was a, that was a wild one. Yeah, it was different times. That's for sure. So you happy now, Jeff? You got it. Say, <laughs> <laughs> Patrick's Day. Yeah, oh, well, you know, when, before we go, I got to ask Marianne. Marianne, uh, can you tell us? You know, people don't want to give too much about themselves, like me. You know, the, uh, parade queen, blah blah blah. But I think people should know a little bit about you. Do they know enough about you? Like uh, what neighborhood you come from? Where Aww. did you grow up? Tell us about some of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I grew up in Michigan City, Indiana. So it's right. basically a suburb. And talk about the dailies. You know, they, they're summer place down <laughs> yeah. the street from where I grew up. I would see, right. I would see first Mayor Daly was a young, young kid at church. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so... Uh, I always, my family, we were always into politics. I am the youngest of seven. There were great discussions about politics, you know, and uh, whether it was the Vietnam War, it was, you know, the Supreme Court. Uh, Oh, in fact, my claim to fame, John Roberts, the chief of the court in the Supreme Court, grew two doors for me. And his sisters were actually friends of mine. He was a year younger than I am. And, and when he, that summer that he was chosen, a friend called and said, you know, they're talking about the shortlist and it's John Roberts, our, you know, our John. I said, you're kidding. I, of course, had lost contact with him and uh, started looking him up and reading more and thought, oh, my. And so when he was chosen, I found his sister that still lived in, uh, at the time, lived in Valparaiso. And I kept calling her and calling her, and she wouldn't answer the phone. And finally, I just you know, took one of the camera guys and said, come on, we're going to go over and knock on her door. Did you and bring, a, did you bring a, a, a little dish of 
Belpo Velvet ice cream? <laughs> I shut up. I shut up. <laughs> and I said, knocked to the door, and she said, ah, oh, I told my neighbor if John gets this job, I knew you would show up. <laughs> and I had not seen her in probably 30 years. Hi. But, uh, yeah, no, it was a great you know, we, we got the Chicago Daily News delivered to our house because it was the afternoon paper. Um, I was always interested in, I was the editor of my high school paper and all that kind of stuff. But I first was a teacher. I taught high school English for, for five years uh, at Gordon Tech when it was oh, Gordon Tech. Man. And then went to, uh, then I went to New Trier when there was an East and a West. Right. And, wow. And, Gordon, yeah. Gordon Tech to New Trier. Uh, I could yeah. just imagine those boys at Gordon Tech like loving poetry because you were teaching it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh it was it was wild. There, at the time, it was the largest all boys high school yeah, in the right. country. Yeah. Thirty six hundred boys, and I actually had I taught reading to kids who weren't reading in grade level, and a lot of them were kids that came. That was English as a second language that I really wasn't, you know, whatever. We so I taught him the driver's manual, you know. I taught him stuff that didn't sure. you know exists. But uh, when I walked into Nutrier and told the uh, principal that I was leaving, I mean, no one left Nutrier to right. go back to grad school at Northwestern to get my master's. And uh, he looked at at first. I said, "Hey, I'm leaving. I'm going to go back to school." I said, "You're going to law school." I said, "No, no." <laughs> I'm going to journalism school. I'm going to Medill. And he said, oh, Marianne, wait a minute, wait a minute. There are all those names at the end of the news. Have you ever, have you got to think this through? You need to stay one more year. You know, I said, no, 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 I'm ready. I'm going. Uh, so off I go, and, you know, a year at Northwestern, and then two and a half years in Peoria, God help us, long, lonely years. I mean, those were tough as a young 27, 28-year-old. All my friends are getting married, and here I'm yeah. the weekends. And, and then went to Atlanta, and Atlanta, I had an older sister there, so I had family there, and that was really helpful to have somewhere for Easter, Thanksgiving, you know, sure. Christmas, all that. But always the goal was to come back to Chicago. So when I did get back, I was not here a week that the principal of Nutrier called my phone. My desk phone rings, and it's Ralph McGee, and he said, I always knew you'd make it. <laughs> and I said, actually, Ralph, your words to me have been in my head for the last six and a half years. You know, it took six and a half, almost seven years to come back. But uh, no, you know, and it, while you're in the hunt, while you're in that journey, I constantly thought, God, did I do the right thing? Because I love Chicago and wanted to get back here. And thankfully, it worked out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> thankfully, indeed. Yeah, and and actually, you know, they just offered uh, to even give you a little more. They just offered buyouts, and I didn't take it. Oh my! A lot of people think I'm nuts, but I just couldn't bear to leave in the middle of the mayor's election. And I thought, oh, how could they do this without me? You know, <laughs> you're always welcome if you leave. You can always write for John Cass News. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I that'll would be love it. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm staying for two more, and that'll be. I think that will be my uh, two years. Will be through the presidential of 24, and uh, but my new deal is I asked for and received. I, I have Fridays off, so here you join me on my day nice. off, which is been. Thank you. I can go do my uh, grandma duties. All right, let's great. let's let's because we don't we don't hide big news that breaks. 
uh, we Jeff called her and we we wanted Marianne, <laughs> and she got up early on her day off and she was all made <laughs> up and had makeup and the hair was perfect, yeah. the outfit was perfect, and oh, here boy. we are two two guys in our sweatpants, <laughs> uh, you know. Close you, gotta, you guys, you better remind those women we don't I have am. body. We don't have camera. <laughs> yeah, that was hey, my bad, but I appreciate it all the I, same. I do have to come back to to some something serious on the election just at the end. That is, I'm looking at, you know, I Googled Vallis's name and Brendan Johnson's name, and I see stories. Okay, here are the stories as we talked about the other day with Rahan and Nia about journalism being broken. Present company, meaning Marion Ahern, uh, accepted. But I, I, I'm worried about journalism, and I see the uh, Politico has a story. Politico's story is Vallis uh, dissed, dissed Obama. Vallis dissed Obama and Biden in Chicago. He, roll, he quote, rolled his eyes when they were talking about, um, you know, the Obama Temple of Fealty and love that's that's being built on priceless lakefront land. And then in uh, the Chicago Tribune, Bella's Facebook account liked posts that called Chicago hellhole, attacked Democrats, said defund CPS, and he again denies his involvement by Gregory Pratt and Ellis Yin and Rick Pearson. Well, okay, so because your Facebook account says something we make it a big deal or because you you roll your eyes at an extra multi-million dollar extravagance on the lakefront you're somehow evil is that where we're at we're at in journalism now i know i saw that i saw the facebook story last night and i thought wow um yeah um i i think it's a it, 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 have they done the same? What what is what is Johnson's Facebook? What is his? Right, you know what right. are the things that Who he cares? likes and dislikes? Right, yeah, right. And, right. Um, I mean, this is a guy who's who's all for CTU members uh, spring breaking at the behest of a, a dictator in Venezuela, and I was like, Ooh, look, he's he's a social Mofang- like, Mofango, right, right, and, and then they have the audacity to throw this out there. It's crazy. And Miriam, I also want to throw into the mix here the question, too, is that some of the reporting has been focused on people who are giving money to Vallis and giving money well, to, to Johnson. But the, that, that nexus where it's, well, if this person believes, may have this belief, and they gave money to Johnson, therefore Johnson is, is indebted to yeah. them, or is that yeah. focus of belief? Have, have, how do you react when you see something like that? Uh, you know, you are the company you keep, though. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't. I think it's somewhat fair. You know, if, if he's getting, if he's totally funded by the unions, then what do you? What do the unions expect in return? Right. So, same for Vallis. If you're totally funded by uh, corporations, the Ken Griffins of the world. Are, so yeah, those are fair questions to ask as you decide yes. which candidate might be better. I don't think yes. it's the only. It's not the only, but I think it is uh, fair. The, the funding is fair to know who is giving them the money because all that dark money, you, you don't know. Mm-hmm. I think in the big picture, these Facebook and and that kind of stuff, I, I, I hope that the voter gets beyond. You know, it is more about making some big decisions and the path for the city and lots of, 
you know, what are you going to do when the COVID money runs out? And, you know, oh, this, yeah. the, this, the safety, the, we all know that the safety issue is just number one. Where, how are we going to keep the city a place that people want to live and come to and, and enjoy? And, and that once you get that problem under wrap, then other things hopefully will, it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, it's not going to be like next well, summer, woo-woo, we're all going, yay, it's such a better place. Right. But it is about the decision makers and the team that you bring and rely on. Well, I don't. So, I, I, I'm interested in uh, who likes something and who didn't like something because I think we all should be eighth grade girls at the lunchroom, <laughs> at, the, at the popular, popular table lunchroom. That's how uh, that's how I see my former colleagues using uh, playing journalism. But there are serious issues. Okay, for example, you talk about crime. Well, I have. I'm wait. I'm waiting to see. The Tribune or the Sun Times write about how a Mayor Vallis or a Mayor Johnson would deal with uh, Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle and her ally and protege, Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox, because all the cops have are having troubles with with them. Will the uh, will the next mayor have trouble? I don't see any stories on that. I see who liked somebody. Did you like it? Do you like me? Do you not like me? You know, grow up, okay? Grow we know up. the pendulum. We know the pendulum swings. You know, one way and another way, and and most of us really want it down the middle, and yeah. that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Just follow the law and protect yeah. the people. That's all. I don't want to see. I don't. You know how many stories have you done, Marianne and? Have you seen and we've seen uh, a a black woman weeping, crying, right with a with a shrine, one of those makeshift shrines nearby, and they've lost the child. Yes. I mean, I'm done with that. We have to. It has to stop. I don't care if the shooter's black or white, brown or brown, whatever. I don't care. I right. I want to. I you know, you shoot. You you use a gun like that that kid that's accused of killing the police officer who was just buried. He was he was uh, you know Ray Hanania had a great column on it. He uh, he was accused of uh, firing and using a gun in another case and was let go, mm-hmm. let go and, and treated treated uh, humanely, but he got but he then killed a police officer. I think we got to stop that. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to address it. But you're not going to address it with uh, who likes somebody. Did you like Marianne? Right. Did you like me? Because I liked you. <laughs> I liked you when we were in uh, when we were young reporters, and I really liked you. <laughs> well, I, I think we have a very engaging um, discussion and yes. and decision to make. And that is that's what makes this, you know, just just fantastic to be a part of and and and, and report on. But uh, yes, we we have a really a fork in the road on April fourth. Here we are, Definitely. decision time with Marianne Ahern, NBC Five News. Thanks for joining us here, Marianne. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. You're the best. And I'll have to stop by for some Velpo Velvet and some uh, <laughs> blueberries. 
Yeah, I'm going to go. And a chili up. cheese dog. <laughs> I'm going to be driving up there. All right. Sounds great, guys. Thank you Thank so much. You. Thanks, Mary. Thanks a lot, Appreciate Mary. it. Thanks so much. It was great. Bye-bye. Is there anything the two of you are more alike than you are different when everyone says you're so different? What do you think, Mr. Johnson? Well, clearly, I'm feeling a little way about the fact that we have a similar style in terms of our dress code. But look, Paul is a very hard worker. He's resilient. He don't miss nothing, right? And I believe I was raised with similar values where you show up and go to work every single day. Now, we obviously don't agree once we get to work, but Paul shows up. And I actually appreciate that about him. Mr. Vallis. Look, um, we live in an arena of ideas, and I appreciate the interaction. Uh, and it makes you sharper. And I think we've learned things from each other. For example, the Universal Work Study Program for high school kids, uh, which I've done op-eds on for the last four years, the idea that all of our high schools can offer work study with city agencies, city departments, city contractors, etc. We could literally put tens of thousands of young people to work in paid work study jobs. You want to get young people off the street and introduce them to the best role models in the community, men, working men and women, that's the way you do it. All right, Mr. Vallis and Mr. Johnson, thank you both very much. Well, Jeff, she was great, you know, as usual, as you knew she would be. <laughs> Absolutely. Professional, straight shooter, uh, not one way or the other. You know, I'm, I have my bias, but she she keeps hers in check. And I, I, I'm, yeah. uh, and I mean, and it's, and it's not even a question of as much as you know, quote unquote, keeping in check, because that's what, I mean, that's like you said, you have producers, you have editors to kind of right. help you backstop that and, and see what your flaws are. But she's also upfront about it. She's not, you know, this, there's yeah. no, there's no, Oh, what? Oh, after, you know, this uh, illustrious career, we've just learned that she's a secret CPD insider who's, you know, or, or she's, you know, a secret Catholic insider, like whatever it is. No, the stuff is out front. It's and, the same type of reporting. Right, that this, that this Mr. Hanky, uh, John Greenfield, whatever his name is, the guy who's going to come out to my house to check out my sumptuous floors. <laughs> that guy uh, and people like that uh, are what dominates. Dominates, you know. Did you like it? Did Jeff Carlin like John Cass? All that stuff is nonsense. Right, but they dominate the discussion and make it measly, measly. Yeah, I yeah I don't know if they dominate as much as they they definitely bend it and it's I mean it's the same stuff that comes out of you know it's the equivalency of of people complaining about you know like Fox News and being lilted one way or another it's this idea that well oh yeah there's a bias there this is what we want and it's up there you'd be upfront about it. if you go into it thinking oh well they're just trying to give me one it's no this person is is clearly has an agenda. And is is hiding with who really believes in them or who really is supporting them. Here's 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 one for you by Christopher Caldego and Chia Capos. This week's uh, Politico, a year before he became one of two Democrats left standing in the race for Chicago mayor, Pres- uh, Paul Vallis went on a conservative radio show and mocked the last two Democratic presidents, appearing on Chicago's Morning Answer. AM 560. Bellas rolled his eyes. Well, it's a radio show, but I guess you saw that. They do a video rolled cast, his, yeah, yeah, rolled his eyes at former President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama as they spoke about their new library in Hyde Park and laughed about them living in Martha's Vineyard. How dare you, 
You laughed at them and they're they're politicians and you laughed? Ballas, in a separate appearance a few months later, questioned whether Joe Biden was actually the one running the White House. Okay, now that's a you know, that's the snarky tone. And that tells you like we did last week when we talked uh to Ray Hanania. Mm-hmm. Media is broken in this country. And right. people have to find reasonable voices to follow to get to understand where the where the problems and fault lines are. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm I'm grateful that I have a friend in you, Jeff Carlin. <laughs> Always. Because you can guide me as I as uh, I might trip along the broken cobblestones of the Chicago way. So for Jeff Carlin, producer WGN Radio, future physics teacher, a sober physics teacher, future uh, physics teacher who will deal with uh, glutens and pies <laughs> for his guests and colleagues, and for Marianne Ahern, NBC5 Chicago, veteran journalist who had a long road back to Chicago. And since she's been here, she brightens our day and uh, and comes to the news with enthusiasm, not cynicism. And for me, John Cass, husband, father, Greek Orthodox Christian, the time will blend. Editor-in-chief of JohnCassNews.com and co-host here on the Chicago Way, along with Jeff. Join us again, won't you, for another edition of the Chicago Way podcast on WGN+.